Radio, our Sailor Moon podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Isha. And in this episode, we'll be talking about the last third of the Deathbusters arc in the Sailor Moon manga. But before we jump into that, I just want to give a quick shout out to the company Razor, who were very kind enough to send me a brand new microphone. And I have the box here. Give me a moment. It is the Razer Seiren V2 Pro. So, hopefully the sound quality for this episode is better on my part. <laughs> yeah, at least on Isha's end. I've I've got I've got a blue. <laughs> I got a snowball. We're doing the best that we can. And look, we're a small homemade podcast. Like we don't have the production quality of like Stitcher or whatever. So, you know, we're doing our best, but you don't have to listen to ad breaks like with iHeartRadio podcasts. <laughs> yeah. And we're having fun. So have fun with <laughs> Exactly. Us. We're doing this because we love this, not because we're getting paid for it. Which mm-hmm. now that I've said it out loud does sound like we're suckers. I mean, I'm not opposed to getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah. Anyways. We left yeah. off at a really sad part. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we left off, uh, we ended part two, which was a shorter episode than usual, with Mistress Nine ripping away Chibiusa's compact while she was transformed, uh, effectively killing her. Uh, yep. So we're, we start off on the happy note of, uh, I mean, I guess it is happy if you're you're somebody who doesn't like Chibiusa, which was apparently a lot of people in the U.S., but yeah, we start off with Chibiusa dying <laughs> in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, a doctor's like, the way they translated it in the like 2010 manga is like, she's on her death, like her heart is stopped, she's on her deathbed, and I'm like, if her heart stopped, then she's just, she's dead. Also, like, why aren't you doing CPR? But anyway. <laughs> I was I was a little confused about that too, when I was, I thought it was the problem with my translation, because they're like, she's, she's... Uh, gone into cardiac arrest and it's like and that's okay it then, then do something <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just like where's the crash car like no one's gonna push some epinephrine like what's happening here yeah like i i'm imagining because like later on in the manga does show like the whole area like the mugen delta there is like super messed up with spatial distortions and like destruction and whatnot but the hospital's like uh, hey, this one's dead, so we're gonna go take care of the people who are coming in who are actually, like, potentially savable. I guess, so. yeah, because there's, like, she's dead, I guess, uh, there's no coroner, and, like, they, they literally just let Mamoru take her home. Yeah, so, <laughs> at the hospital, before they take her back to Mamoru's apartment, um, everybody think that, everybody thinks that Hotaru has turned into Sailor Saturn, and that's what emerged but the outers are like nope that's not sailor saturn our talismans did not react it didn't summon saturn hotaru's body had been used as a host for a tau system enemy which is mistress nine um so that's something that her dad did to her and so the outers double down on the fact that they have to kill hotaru because she's not a human anymore she's an alien she's been merged they they tell the senshi like no, in order to become a daimon, they have to take out your soul. Like, there's nothing in her. And she's killed Chibiusa. Yeah. So we have to kill her in order to save the future. And they 
they state that once they're a daemon, there's no going back. Like, there's no saving them. They're just, they're not human anymore. They're not themselves anymore. Their soul is gone. That's that. Mm-hmm. So. And so they leave, and the others take Chibisa back to Mamori's apartment, where he uses his healing ability to link up with her. Um, and essentially act as, like, a cardiovascular system for her. Yeah. He basically is, like, keeping her alive with his own body. Yeah. And everyone's like, that's a lot of work for your body. And he's like, it's fine, she's little. Yeah. <laughs> Mamoru is life support, so. Yeah. Um, again, like, he doesn't take as much of an active role, necessarily. I think that people are used to in comics and cartoons and whatnot as like a male character he's just kind of like i am here to support yeah (laughs) and uh he asks the inners to kind of leave him and usagi alone for a second so it's just the little moon family and they're really nervous because they don't know what's going to happen and then like they have a vision of a woman with long flowing hair uh standing over the ruins of a city and usagi's like is that the Messiah, or is that the Goddess of Ruin, a.k.a. Sailor Saturn? Because, uh, like, they don't know. They don't know right now. Yeah. And we cut we cut back to Mistress Nine, who is chopping at her hair, but it keeps growing back, and she's like, human bodies suck. I hate this. <laughs> yeah. Um. Quick note about Mamoru, though. Even though he doesn't have a huge active role in this, uh... I just really appreciate how the manga utilizes his healing ability, you know? Like, it's a thing, and he uses it regularly or in this situation to keep uh, Chibiusa alive. Um, I I always thought that was kind of weird, that it's just something they just entirely omitted from the anime, because it seems like something they'd be able to use in a lot of interesting ways, but they don't. No, and I think, again, some of that is probably linked to just, like, weirdly enough gender roles yeah which is so weird because like for a long time only men were allowed to be doctors who were healers and so it's just like make it make sense but anyway yeah yeah and healers is a typical power for girls it's like we mm-hmm. fight the things and you stand back and heal so mm-hmm. <laughs> think of like every mmo and like how, what is the percentage of those healers being male or female Right. I'm pretty sure it skews towards female. Even if, like, the player themselves is, like, not male, uh, mm. is not, like, physically female, um, or, uh, sees themselves as a woman, like, probably the character is, is more skewed towards being female. But, again, I haven't done any studies. I don't actually know. There is no sample size. I did not talk to people who play League of Legends <laughs> or World of Warcraft. Yeah. None of this is based on any actual science. I'm just making an assumption. But it's definitely a stereotypical fantasy trope. So mm-hmm. Think of every white mage in the Final Fantasy series. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So then it cuts to Mistress Nine and her issues with her hair and her body in general. Right now I feel like I can relate to that a lot. It's just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's summer, things are hot, it's it's gross, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's always in the summertime where I'm like, ugh, why was I cursed with a body? Yeah. I'm doing a lot of, like, six-inch haircuts right now at work. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to get a bob. Yeah, do it. So, They're you know, I, 
oh my god, I just need to, like, my head needs to breathe, and it's just not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, Mr. Stein's complaining about her body, and then we see Professor Tomoe and Kaylee Knight burst in, and, like, Tomoe is surprised and delighted, because he's like, I thought this failed, because he put the egg in Hotaru ages ago, and it just never turned into anything. And uh, Kaylee Knight is upset because with the return of Mistress Nine, she can't take her, she can't take the place by Master Pharaoh 90, and Mistress Nine knows it. So Mistress Nine, like, straight up is like, you need to do your job to Kaylee Knight to get rid of the Senshi, uh, and then takes the Ginsuisha to Master Pharaoh 90 to give him its mm-hmm. power. Yeah. And then we get, again, another comparison of the Ginsuisha to the Tyron crystal that they brought with them from their star system. Mm-hmm. And so there was probably like a senshi, like a sailor Tau. Probably, you know? yeah. The way they keep comparing them. Right, and they killed her. They won. They were sailor Tau's Metallia, and they won. But oh. in winning, they destroyed their star system. Whoops. Yeah. So... Uh, with Mistress Nine appearing with the Ginsui show, they're like, okay, now we can put Master Pharaoh 90 into, like, a body instead of him being, like, this amorphous blob thing like Metallia was. Uh, and this whole time we see kind of, like, the hints of a spirit and we get a, an actual look of Hotaru's spirit kind of floating outside as she uh, listens to these people plot. Yeah, I think it's interesting that she is fully aware of everything going on. You know, we keep seeing her in the, kind of this ghost form watching over or like sitting there in the back of um, Mistress Nine's mind being like, no, fuck you. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. uh, right, she's appalled. And it goes against what Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto said that like, no, her soul is dead. She's not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. She just kind of shows up to um, Bro 90, and, uh, I mean, he seems pleased that she just, like, straight out the gate is like, here, silver crystal, you know? He's delighted. Yeah. And, and like, the grossest way. Like, they're both really gross. I did not remember Mistress Nine being so gross. I remember, like, loving her look with, like, the long white skirt and, like, this sapphire vest with, like, these pearl, like, chain things yeah i remember thinking like wow she looks so cool but she's actually kind of horrifying yeah she's she's pretty brutal and like heartless she she exists Mm -hmm. just to serve pharaoh 90 and absorb power um yeah it's gross yeah she literally just starts like feeding off of the power of the silver crystal mm-hmm. uh anyway kaylee knight goes to do as she's told to defeat the sailor Senshi, and because she's like the high magus or whatever she makes voodoo dolls of all 10 Senshi out of candle wax and makes homunculi of the witch's five so she she doesn't like revive the witch's five but like kind of does i don't know um to to fight against the Senshi, because, like, obviously they know they're coming back to, like, the Infinity Area. Yeah, in the translation, I don't think it made any distinguish- any distinction. Um, she just seems to bring him back. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just revives him. It's like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. It's interesting because, like, they're all paired against a person except for, like, Cyprian and Pitalol as being, like, the last one. Mm-hmm. So when they enter the area um, and, like, they see the outers and the outers are like, we're going to go in a different direction because we have to kill Hitari. <laughs> um, but uh, Sailor Moon and the inners go into the building uh, where they're greeted by Cyprian and Pitalol at the reception center. Mm-hmm. And then they're all immediately separated. Uh, so Mars is with Udiel, Mercury is with Vilui, Jupiter is with Telu, and Venus is with Mimet. And they're basically bound up and, like, made to... They're kind of hypnotized. Yeah, so you're saying when they enter, is this the Academy? I was a little bit confused about that. So the Academy, it's, like, all overgrown, and they enter, and it basically turns... Yeah. They they call it a labyrinth in the translation that I was reading. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and then they immediately get separated. And yeah, it it is called a labyrinth, and um, because the whole area is like exploded because Master Pharaoh Nineties out, is outgrowing whatever he was being contained in because he's got all this power, mm-hmm. and so like the whole area has like really warped space. Yeah, so none of it looks like it did before. Mm-hmm. And like as they enter each of these areas, um, since they're separated. It seems like the first thing that they're trying to do is, like, they present a, like, um, a vision to them and have them trapped in a space where they're trying to, like, pursue something other than being a senshi. So, mm-hmm. like, um, Ami is, like, shown this giant supercomputer and she gets super excited about it and, um... Uh, Jupiter is in a rose garden. Venus is being invited to be an idol. Um, what was Mars's thing? Interestingly enough, Mars didn't have one. It was Udiel saying, like, soon you'll learn that, like, you should invest in, like, etiquette and martial arts and whatever else her her thing was. Like, Mars didn't have yeah. um, her own special dream that she wants to accomplish. Mars's goal is to protect Sailor Moon. Yeah. Which is the reverse of, like, how she is in the anime. Very much so. Yeah, she's very yeah. single-minded in her goal in the manga. Mm-hmm. She's just like, no, I know what my job is, and I'm gonna do my job. Yeah. But anyway, they're immediately captured, and they're put into, like, this tower made of wax, I guess? They're trapped somehow, though. Yeah, we- they're trapped in, like... It's like it's like a giant candle and like their bodies are embedded in it. Yeah. To to give y'all a visual. And um we see that when the outer senshis come to help. Right. Uh, well, so Sailor Moon is isolated by herself and she doesn't have Cyprian or Pitalol to fight against, and so she's just in the darkness alone and she breaks through it with um a moon spiral heart attack. And then that's when, and the outer senshi who were like trying to, who were trying to find a way to like Wataru and Professor Tomoe and all of that, but are like getting lost in in the maze that is uh, the academy now. They get to her uh, by (laughs) using Space Sword Blaster, Kronos Typhoon, and Submarine Reflection. Um, And so 
they destroy the homunculi of the Witches Five. They free the Inners from like the weird wax candle thing, and they combine their powers to reawaken Sailor Moon as Super Sailor Moon. Yay! And all together, they destroy Kaylee Knight. Finally. And <laughs> yeah, finally, like Kaylee Knight was just kept going, kept going, kept going. Now she's dead, and Mistress Nine sees this, and she's surprised that they were able to defeat Kaylee Knight. Uh, at which point, Mistress Nine is like, okay, and then eats the Ginsui show. <laughs> yeah. And inside of her, it gives her so much power, like, for, to her and Master Pharaoh 90. And there's, they cut the panel to Mamo and Chibiusa, where he's keeping her alive, and then she suddenly starts to have seizures. Uh, because her Ginsui show has been sw- swallowed by, uh, an evil alien. And, uh... At that point, the soul of Hotaru kind of breaks through and is like, I'm not going to let you use this because earlier Mr. Stein was like, I'm surprised it's so powerful. And like the spirit of Hotaru is like, because it was protected by a beautiful and pure soul, Mm -hmm. you know? So like Hotaru's soul is like, absolutely not. I can't take this away from you, but I'm not going to let you use it at its full power. Yeah. And I think it's... I, Sorry. You oh, I was just saying, I like how frequently Hotaru, like, messes with Mistress Nine, because Mistress Nine keeps doing these things where she's trying to, like, power up, but Hotaru is like, no, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, at some point she's talking about, I can't wait to shed this stupid body so that I can be more powerful. And Hotaru's like, nope, it's my body and I'm keeping you here. <laughs> so that mm-hmm. can't happen. Something that I find really interesting is that I think this is the only time where the bad guy actually gets and keeps the Ginsui show. Mm-hmm. Like, they hold on to it for a really long time. They do, and they utilize it for a while, too. Yeah. They actually, like, get powered up. It doesn't overwhelm them. It doesn't, you know, destroy them. It, like, they use it. They actually take its power and get stronger. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Sailor Moon becomes Super Sailor Moon. Uh, they continue to fight. I hear a cat. I'm sorry. If you... I'm sorry. Uh, let me just throw him out real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> Essentially, after powering up Super Sailor Moon, uh, continue into the Academy, and they decide to split up because there's tons of floors. They're, like, at the 50th floor or something. And so there's an elevator, and so the Anna's are like, okay, you guys take the elevator to Super Sailor Moon and the Outer Century, and we'll take every floor and check it Yeah, as we go down. So, yeah, they basically, um, they're going to start at the, the inners are going to start at the right, the roof and work their way down, and the outers are going to, and Sailor Moon are going to start at the basement. Yeah, that's the plan anyways. Does it go that well? No, so they get in the elevator, and at this point we get uh, Professor Tomoe background, where we kind of learn that he was always a terrible person. Yeah. Like, even before, like, aliens and whatnot, like, he was doing a lot of, like, illegal and amoral experimentation, and, uh, like, his wife died in a in that lab accident, and Hotari was, like, grievously injured, and that predated like master pharaoh 90 and his crew showing up so like he he 
did this to Hotaru's body before he got alien back up. Yeah. He's always been a mad and scientist. So, yeah. So he was doing gene manipulation, using pharmaceuticals and cybernetics, and was rebuilding Hotaru's body to make, like, a better, more perfect human. Um, and then he was in the lab with his assistant, uh, Kaori, who was hit by lightning and possessed by Kaylee Knight. Um, and then Master Pharaoh 90 arrived, and he was just like, this is great. The gods have chosen me. I am going to fuse human and alien to make a super creature. Um, he's, he just, like, cackles, like, super villain cackles. He's like, yes, at last. Like, my dream is realized. And, like, the spirit of Hitaru just, like, watches her dad, like, be an evil person. Yeah, it's really depressing, because she's like, this is not... she. One thing she says is something like, you know, he's been gone a long time, you know? Mm-hmm. I think her just acknowledging that this person is not her father, you know? Which it sounds like yeah, he's never but... been a great guy, but he probably wasn't as bad before. <laughs> Right, and, like, also keep in mind that, like, when this happened to her, she was small, so, like, it's the memories of a small child. Yeah. You know, the memory of her dad as a small child where, like, (sighs) and then, you know, like, when you lose one parent and you only have, like, your one parent remaining and there's no siblings and no extended family, you tend to cling to the remaining family member. Yeah, you get very attached. Um... It's sad. But he changes forms, so they, like, come and out the Not door. yet. Oh, not, 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 okay. not yet. Okay. Not yet. Wait. Because first, we see them in the elevator, and Sailor Moon gets nauseous. Oh, yeah. Like, it's going so far down, she's like, it's taken a while. And then says, like, you know, I'm pretty pathetic, you know, preparing for battle. I feel really nervous and lonely. And they're like, no, don't be ridiculous. And they're like, Lonely, and then the outer century talk about the loneliness of their positions with Uranus and Neptune positioned on their planets, and then Pluto at the time door, mm-hmm. and um, how they were so deeply, deeply lonely. But what kept them going were images of their queen and princess. Yeah, and how that was a shining light for them. And then they realized that the elevator's taking way too long to go down this many floors, and they're plunged into darkness. And Sailor Moon is alone again, and this is, like, a thing that keeps happening in the series, where, like, Sailor Moon is isolated, and she gets scared and frightened, and then she remembers that she has, like, love and friendship on her side. Yeah. Uh, and remembers the light of her friends, does a Rainbow Moon heartache, and then the door opens, and this is when they meet Professor Tomoe and his, like, creepy daemons, and he's, like... Doesn't matter, too late. Mistress Nine's giving uh, Master Pharaoh 90 all of the Ginswe show. And then he transforms. Yeah. I do like, so, the doors open, and right out the gate, the three of them are attacking. Like, they, they're attacking the, <laughs> the daemon. No time at all. He's just, like, there's there's no villain speech time or anything like that. They're just like, blam! So, mm-hmm. that, I appreciated that. It was just like, the door opens, and it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I... It's great. And then they all... Sorry. Oh, say, but, I mean, it makes sense. They're way more on guard than the other Senshi are, you know? They're mm-hmm. brutal warriors. They're way more powerful. Mm-hmm. 
So they, the four of them combined their powers and they all attacked Germatoy because that's what uh, Professor Tomoe transforms into. Uh, they kill him. And right after that happens, there's like, well, you see Hotaru's spirit say goodbye to her papa. Yeah. Uh, and Sailor Moon senses her spirit, but like sees nothing. Yeah. And then there's a big explosion. Yeah. The fight with Gerbatoid was so short. I, I like he like he transforms and they're like he's a daemon and he's like I'm not a daemon I'm a superhuman. Uh, <laughs> and he like he drops his name you know he's like I am Gerbatoid and they're like okay and then just like kill him you know. It had um some serious like Vegeta pronouncing himself a Super Saiyan and then getting immediately killed by Frieza. It did. It did. It had those vibes very strong. Yeah. <laughs> But now he's, he's just like, no, I'm, but like, he did actually put up kind of a good fight. You know, he lasted more than a, one panel. That's true. That's true. In in some of these Sailor Moon fights, that is a big deal. <laughs> Rip the Ayakashi sisters in the manga. <laughs> wow, buddy, you lasted a whole page. Good job. <laughs> good job. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, like I said, there's a big explosion at goes up through the building and it takes out the inners who remember are coming down floor by floor. Uh, and because that energy is interrupted, the, sa- the super sailor moon transformation breaks and she's just regular sailor moon. Uh huh. And then we see, we see mistress nine in the really creepy pose, kind of like Nosferatu, you know, mm-hmm. like she's pulling that kind of a face. The face in the manga is kind of like when, um, the Yoma that poses as Molly's mom. Oh my god, I said Molly and not Naru. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I was talking about the dub and so like Molly came up. Um, but the Yoma that was posing as Naru's mom, which everybody remembers because it's like in the opening for Sailor Moon. Yeah. Uh, everyone remembers that, that Yoma. <laughs> it's a creepy Yoma. It's a creepy face. Yeah, anytime someone tries to tell me, like, Sailor Moon's not dark, I'm like, yo, did you see this first monster of the week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's nightmare fuel, y'all. If I saw that as a six-year-old, I would be terrified. Right. Uh, anyway. So Mr. Snyze is being creepy. Mr. Snyze, like, does that face, and then declares that uh, Master Pharaoh 90 is going to have a vessel, but the vessel is going to be the planet, and then they're going to take the planet back to their solar system. They've been talking a lot about possession. Uh, they're talking about throughout the, that's one of the themes is bodies getting possessed and, like, the souls being removed. So I think that's why, like, it's it's gone from, okay, we're, they're going to possess all these people. It's like, he's going to possess the planet. He's going to pull a uh, Death Phantom before Death Phantom exists. Yeah. <laughs> but they do, and there's huge spatial distortions, and, like, a thing opens up in the sky, and you can see, like, there's the Tau star system, and they're all horrified, and there's so much, like, bad weather and just crazy situations that, like, it shows, you know... The city of Tokyo is like, we, emergency evacuation, cities under martial law, like, 
all sorts of emergency management sort of things. Yeah, the ocean is receding, like there's going to be a tsunami. Yeah, like, Neptune notices, like, oh no, the, there's, those are the hallmarks of a tsunami. Uranus is like, Hello? that's a really bad storm coming. Pluto is like, this is going to cause an earthquake. And these are all natural disasters that hit Japan fairly often. So probably the storm is like a typhoon. So these are all things that hit an island nation pretty frequently. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to, they go to like their spot. So like Tenozu, Meozu, uh, Kaiozu. So like their little delta areas for their families. Mm -hmm. And they use their talismans to create wards to contain the spatial distortions and prevent more destruction. Yeah, so they make a kind of force field that, like, tries to, they're trying to keep it contained to that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Mistress Nine tries to get more power from the Gensui show, but Tyre's spirit is like, absolutely not. Um, Sailor Moon tries to attract Mistress Nine at this point, and it does nothing. Like, she does the mean spiral heart attack, and it just bounces off of her. It's nothing. Mm -hmm. And then, because remember, the inners were attacked, and they're unconscious, like, floating in bubbles or whatever. And Mistress Nine takes their souls and eats them. Yep. Just grabs them. <laughs> She's like, okay, if I can't get more power out of this stone, then I'm going to take their souls and take their power. And Hotaru's spirit is like, no, uh-uh, too far. Uh, I'm not going to let you touch these souls. And she doesn't, like, they. it shows, like, these four little, like, sprite-like balls, and, like, the Hotaru spirit is, like, literally holding them in her arms, um, her little spirit arms. And she wonders, like, Hotaru wonders, like, why am I fighting so hard? Like, I don't have a body anymore. My father is dead. My mother is dead. I have nothing. Um, but there's something in her that says that she has to risk her life and protect everybody else. Yeah. And she's just like, I can't let Mr. Stein have any of these things anymore. And then, like, literally explodes out of her back mm -hmm. with the souls of the four inners and the future Gensui show. And so the souls of the inners go back to them and they wake up. And Sailor Moon sees Hotaru's spirit. He, like, just smiles for a second and then zooms off to Chibiusa to give back the Gensui show. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Here's, like, this panel, because Chibiusa wakes up, and Hotaru's like, don't, like, let people see this, like, protect it, be, be more careful with it, but she's, <laughs> she's like, hey, like, you know, don't just tell everybody about this. But she also says to her, like, this might sound strange because we're both girls, but I get this feeling that Destiny brought us together. Yeah! And... I'm wondering if in, like, the original Japanese, if, like, the words that were used um, were such that it had more of a romantic connotation. Yeah. Because this is a thing, this is a thing in Japan, but, like, I hear most often with, like, Chinese, where, like, Chinese people don't get why Americans or, like, English-speaking people, like, use love so easily. And it's because there's different words for different degrees and different types of love. So it's just like, we don't toss this word around. Yeah. Like, it's anything. Like, you can't say you love your mom in the same way that you love grapes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like, it's, you, you use the same word, but it's, so it means, and you keep using it, so it has no meaning. Um, and so I do wonder, and because, like, 
a tired Chibiusa is like a ship. Uh huh. You know? Yeah. And it's one of the ships where it's just like, there's a lot of canon to support this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of. Even with the translation, there's there's implication there, you know, and it's like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, if she said, like, I think Destiny brought us together, like, that doesn't necessarily have a romantic connotation. Uh-huh. But her saying, like, it might be weird because we're both girls, you know, it's just like, hmm. Yeah. If it's weird because you're both girls and you're raised in an extremely heteronormative society. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's so, uh, she. It's just <laughs> it's just really cute though too. Just uh, Chibiusa's oh, yeah. expression when she sees her. There's this bittersweet. She's smiling but crying at the same time, you know. And then Hotaru disappears because Mistress Nine like literally shreds her body. Yeah. <laughs> and um, at this point, Chibiusa transforms to go help Sailor Moon and the others and Mamoru makes the remark that he feels like a father giving away his daughter and I'm like I don't know what you're saying that in regards to was it like witnessing a kind of romantic moment between your daughter and a dead girl or is it because your daughter is literally going off into battle <laughs> I I kind of interpret it as the battle part because it, it's yeah. like right after the him saying okay you know she's Chibius is like, I can fight. She's like, let's do this, you know? And mm-hmm. he's like, okay. I support you, honey. You know? <laughs> oh, so kind of like when your parent, like, lets go of your bike so you can ride it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it's just like, okay, okay. she's decided she's going to go fight, you know? Mm-hmm. And she she transforms and heads out the door, and that's when he says it. And then he transforms. Yeah. And I'm I wrote it down in the notes, but I think I'm going to bring it up for his episode. Uh, he has, there's a great panel of his transformation. Like, yes, I'm looking at it uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, uh, he's so pretty in the manga and he's so lame in the anime. He's such a derp in the anime. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, anyways. Oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Oh my gosh. I can't, I, mm. I wonder what our review of the anime is going to be like. Anyway, like I said, Mistress Nine is trying to destroy everything. Master Pro 90s out there, you know, growing like a cancer. And Chibi Moon shows up, um, like, throws a pink sugar heart attack and tells the others, you know, who express obvious shock that she's alive, uh, that Hotaru gave up her life to save her. And Tuxedo Mask shouts... Uh, to, like, turn into Super Sailor Moon, because everybody's awake now. Yeah. And so they all send that energy, but when the Grail appears for Sailor Moon, a second one appears, and it's for Chibi Moon. And so we get two Super Sailor Moons. We get Super Sailor Moon and Super Sailor Chibi Moon. Yep. Um, as a quick note, uh, I don't think we clarified. So... Hotaru bursts out of Mistress Nine, but Mistress Nine doesn't die she just turns into a more monstrous daemon like form um and just keeps getting stronger yeah she's thrown away any pretense of humanity and she just keeps basically absorbing their attacks at this point yeah so they're trying to attack mistress nine and they're trying to attack master pharaoh 90 and all that happens and like we see the inners attack and we see tuxedo mask attack and so and like it's just getting absorbed. The attacks do nothing. They just overpower them. 
And so the outers are finally, like, they finally run out of juice to hold up the wards, and those come down. And then all the other sentry, like, fall. Mm-hmm. Like, Chibi Moon falls, and, like, Tuxedo Mask. Like, the only person who hasn't fallen is Tuxedo Mask, and, like, the only reason he hasn't fallen is because he literally does not have enough power to contribute as much. Yeah. But <sighs> so Sailor Moon... He's holding on to... Ch- yeah, he's holding on to Chibi Moon, like, no, my baby. Yeah, but Sailor Moon has this realization that it's like, their power is inside of me, you know? And that's when she mm-hmm. summons up the, the Grail again. And this time it's two! Well, no, because this is after they turn into Super Sailor Moon. Uh-huh. Because, um, like, you've got Super Sailor Moon, and you've got Super Sailor Chibi Moon, and you've got the four inners and Tuxedo Mask, and, um... Then all of them start falling, and oh, the last okay. person standing is Super Sailor Moon. And so she summons the Grail, and then jumps into Master Pharaoh 90 to destroy him from the inside. Yeah, that's right. I'm getting some of the order because that's mixed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's just like, let's go! Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will take the remainder of our power, and I will destroy him. I will sacrifice myself to destroy him. And at this point, that's when the talismans react. So the Garnet Orb, the Space Sword, and the Deep Aqua Mirror all react. And Mistress Nine is, like, herself being observed by Master Pharaoh 90. Like, this is what she wants. Like, this is not, like, Master Pharaoh 90 betrayed her. They they want this. This was the plan. But, like... (laughs) (laughs) But a light bursts out of her, and it forms into Sailor Saturn, who, in my opinion has, like, the best custom outfit with the little the sleeve thing. Yeah. And the the earrings and, like, on her bow, there's, like, that crystalline thing. Yeah, her design is really cool. It's so good. And she's got those knee-high purple boots and it's just like, yes, 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 yes. And she's got, she's got, she's got the most badass weapon. Just, oh my god, her glaive. Oh, so good. So good. If any of you don't know what Sailor Saturn looks like, Google Sailor Saturn art book, and that'll be it. <laughs> she's very cool. So good, so good. Anyway, Saturn shows up and she's like, sup, I'm Saturn, the emissary of death, and <laughs> begins to attack Master Pharaoh 90, and unlike the others, her attacks hit and hurt him. And she talks about Hotaru's tragic fate, about like, Losing her mom, being experimented on, like, suffering through pain, like, being a host to, like, this evil alien entity, and dying. And she's like, anyway, <laughs> this world is, is ruined, and it's time for me to destroy it. And she casts Death Ribbon. So here's an interesting thing. The way it would be written out in Japanese katakana is it would be pronounced Death Ribbon Revolution. Uh-huh. And the second word can be read as both ribbon or reborn. Oh. So there are two translations for the same world for the same word. Mm-hmm. And when she ca- when she does it, like there are ribbons around her and if you play Sailor Moon another story when she does that attack, like ribbons come out to engulf the enemy. Oh, okay. Um, but I th- but I think it's supposed to be like a play on words because like out of death comes birth, right? Right. And she even states that. And so she does this to take Master Pharaoh 90 out of the world. And, like, she literally, like, lifts him up because he's, like, trying to integrate into the earth. 
and there's just like a two-page spread where she swung the glaive down and there's nothing else it's just her and the glaive and there's no background there's no sound effects there's nothing and you just hear because she's no because she's the century of destruction and silence Mm -hmm. and like you can't hear silence and you certainly can't hear it when it comes from a page Mm -hmm. but it's there yeah everything starts to be destroyed like anyone who's conscious or crying for Isagi because she's like lost inside of Master Pharaoh 90. Uranus actually just like gets to her knees and is like I just wanted to protect that girl aka her princess and like Venus is next to her and like you know also on her knees like because both of them are like the respective leaders of like their their groups. Yeah. And then there's this big burst of light out of Master Pharaoh 90 and Super Sailor Moon comes out and the sheer amount of power she has results in a change of, like, they all of the sense she level up, essentially. Uh, all of their outfits change. Uh, they all get little hearts on their bows. And they're all surprised. And Master Pharaoh 90 is like, okay, <laughs> I know I'm gonna die. And is like, if I'm going to die, like, at least send me home. Let me die in my star system, which, remember, is still, like, the image of which is still floating above Tokyo. Yeah. And Saturn's like, okay, I'll kill you there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if that's where you want to die. Yeah, she says something, like, really badass, like, 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 she's, the agony of death, like, makes her happy. Like, she's, she's delighted by him, like, she's delighted by his despair. (laughs) And she's like, okay, I'll take you up there. And uh, she tells them, you know, like, okay, you gotta steal us away. And they're all horrified, including the adders who, like, remember this whole time, we're like, we gotta kill this child. And then says this, which is, there's no need to feel despair. With every ending comes hope and rebirth. And the one to bring that forth is you, Super Sailor Moon. And then she tells Pluto to seal them away, uh, which Pluto does with... uh, death dome not death i don't remember what it was it's fine but pluto seals them away with the door and that saves the planet and the future crystal tokyo and everybody cries and then super sailor moon transforms into neo queen serenity so she's wearing her outfit with a crown and holding a staff and like fixes tokyo a little bit and like the people like regular people who are dead because you know they're dead uh they get revived uh, because just like in D&D, you can cast revive on a person who's recently dead and they get better. Yep. Ma- mass uh, mass resurrection. <laughs> exactly. 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 She is using a level 10 spell to revive everybody in Tokyo <laughs> that was killed by this attack. In a level 20 spell. Um, exactly. 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 The three outers hear a baby crying, and they find a baby girl with this with the symbol of Saturn on her forehead, and it's the reborn Hotaru Tomoe. And they're like, and Neptune picks her up, and she's like, if she doesn't have anybody, then we're gonna take care of her. And all three of them are like, we are going to co-parent this baby. Yes, and <laughs> and they're like, we're gonna leave and take care of this teeny tiny baby. And Chibi Moon is like wait, no, are we ever going to see you again? 
And unlike before, where they were like, look, we're meant to be kept apart, Pluto's like, of course, we're Sailor Guardians, we're your friends. Yeah. And, and like, I'm, like, it made me cry a little bit, because it was just like, for Pluto to say that to Chibiusa meant a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's super sweet, because, I mean, we're, we're, Chibiusa's friends outside her family now have a record of dying, you know? Yeah, I mean... One got better, but I mean, that's still two for two. Yeah, two for two. Pluto died, got better. Hotaru died, got better. The, yeah. this, this child is going to have a complex over death and rebirth, though. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get too close. Um, All my best friends die. Right? It's just like, uh, hey, just gotta make sure. You're a total normie, right? Because if you have any power, we can't be Right? Friends. It's like you have no hidden uh, destiny, right? No magical destiny? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, I think we're good. And then to show that, like, no, the Outers will return, Neptune gives her her talisman. She gives Chibiusa the deep aqua mirror. Yeah. And then they take off in helicopters. <laughs> yeah. I like, they, like, they go to look for them. They, like, go to their apartments. The apartments are cleared out. Mm-hmm. That they just see these helicopters flying off. There are three helicopters. Three, so they, I know. That is, I was gonna say that. Too. There's one for each of them. They each have their own helicopter. They can't. They couldn't have even have left in their in like one helicopter together. They're like, nope. Whoop. They are so extra. One hundred percent. Like Michiru is like, okay, we should take all three helicopters. <laughs> Michiru and like the, the others are like, why? It's just like for the drama. <laughs> Yeah, it there's like, so much packed into that last section of the manga. It's yeah, really cool. that last little bit, but it's super cute, and I had a lot of feelings. Yeah, and uh, literally typed in the notes. I have so many emotions. Yeah, it's just really sweet. Um, the friendship between Hotaru and Chibusa, and I don't know. As a person with a chronic ailment, there was something really inspiring about seeing Hotaru, even though she had such a weak body, that she had such a strong mind, and that that meant something, and it did something, and she was able to help, just because her force of will was so strong, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Something, this is, like, my own personal belief, this is not... I don't think represented in religion or in science, which is like mind, body, soul are like separate things. Like your soul is who you are. Your mind is how it's processed and your body is how it is shown. Yeah. You know? So like we all have our own like terrible flesh prisons, but our (laughs) souls are separate from that. Yeah. You know, it's how you can have people who are genetically very similar but still be completely different. Like you can put them in similar environments and similar ages and similar genetic makeup and they'll still develop differently because their soul is different. Yeah. I think that's a, that's my personal belief. Yeah, no, I think that's really cool. A really interesting way to look at it because like, as I've, um, struggled with illness and struggled with, um, different medications and stuff like that, like, I I like what you said about how the mind is the way you process it, but you still have your soul, you know? I've had times where my memory has been extremely faulty, and I've had times when, because of medications and stuff like that, my mood swings or my personality shifts, you know? 
And so I've had this existential crisis before where it's like, well, if you can change this much, what even is you, you know? Mm -hmm. And the idea of a soul um, being a separate thing than your mind, you know, your mind is just trying to interpret it is a really interesting way to look at it, you know, because it's like there's still something that's Mm -hmm. core that's me. The brain is just channeling that in some way, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes that equipment is faulty, you know? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And sometimes I would like to talk to the manager and get a refund. (laughs) Um, Apparently, I'm supposed to die first, so. Which I honestly think is just bad management. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But on that note, I do think it's interesting you're saying how you're putting out how Usagi winds up alone a lot and having to realize she's not alone. I feel like there is a melancholy in this chapter of Sailor Moon, you know, like there is a a Mm -hmm. recurring feeling of being alone, but then finding that you're not alone, not by necessarily being in the presence of other people, but by knowing that they're there somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that was, like, an intentional metaphor? Was, like, depression and friendship a theme? You know, the comfort of the people around you a theme? Or... I mean, it has it has to be, because the Outer Senshi are alone by nature. Yeah. Um, by the nature of their positions. Uh, Hotaru was alone and isolated because of her health and, like, who her dad was. Yeah. Um, Chibiusa herself was alone. Um... So and Usagi, I, think, I I feel like Usagi was experiencing a lot of loneliness too, having the responsibilities that she has, being feeling alone as a leader. Hmm. Yeah, she knows. I mean, I don't think this is discussed often enough, and I think we'll discuss this in the Usagi episode. But she has to live with the burden as a child that she's going to rule the world. Yeah. Like we like. Everybody's had like a megalomaniacal phase where it's like, if I was in charge of the world, I would fix blah, blah, blah. But she actually knows. She's actually witnessed it. (laughs) Yeah. She's seen herself as queen of the earth. Yeah. And so it's just like you, she has to reconcile with the reality that like, she's going to live a really long time and she's going to rule over a utopia. And that's wild. Yeah. You know, (laughs) she's just like. I'm just like this crybaby idiot. Yeah. <laughs> who can't wake up with my alarm uh and needs like and just wants to play video games and eat cake. Like <laughs> And can't write in kanji. <laughs> right? Like struggles with kanji. It's great. I I'm looking forward to exploring that in her episode. Yeah. Uh I'm also I'm looking forward to watching the S anime because I think Across the board, everybody agrees that the S anime and the Death Busters manga are the strongest arcs in Sailor Moon. Yeah. Agreed. I hope it doesn't make us angry. I know there's one episode that I'm going to probably be kind of annoyed by, but... I think we're... I, I'm hoping, and I think, we're through the worst part. The, the, <laughs> the worst part of the anime. I don't know about that, because, like, with Dead Moon... With Super S, because they have, like, the dream mirror things. Yeah. When, like, Tiger's Eye, Hawk's Eye, and Fish Eye, like, stick their heads into the dream mirror. Like, it's usually women. These are all, like, men. Or male. 
who are like shoving their heads in and they're cackling maniacally while like a woman screams and it's very rapey and yeah i remember being uncomfortable by it as a teen and not really understanding why uh-huh. uh because i was very sheltered and as an adult i'm like mm. i would have to like fast forward through those scenes yeah. sometimes because it was just so gratuitous that's true that's true Honestly, it never struck me how uh, uncomfortable that was until my brother and I were doing that joke dub, um, and mm. I had to actually voice one of the girls screaming, and it was just like, oh, oh, this is a little triggering, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not great. No, yeah, so that's a that's a good point, but um, mm-hmm. hopefully the rest of the content will be entertaining enough, you know? I mean, at least Rashiku Ikimasho is a banger of an ending. Yeah. <laughs> Hands down my favorite Sailor Moon ending thing. Yes. It's fine. We'll have a, we'll have we'll have a unicorn pegasus. We're going to have fun. Yeah, unicorn <laughs> pegasus. Lots of fun. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Pod or contact us through email at Oshiokiyopodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Barbara Daly for the use of her artwork. All that information can be found in our show notes. Once again, another shout out to Razor for sending me a new microphone. Uh, I hope the quality shows in this episode. Please rate and review us wherever you find us. Or, skinny go at that. Oh, shook you up.